Welcome to the podcast, everybody. Mike Claiborne here, and we are going to talk NBA. Well, we can talk about a lot of things with this guy because he's done a lot in his career. It's always great to visit with the voice of the New Orleans Pelicans. He was the voice of the Lakers. He's got more rings than you can imagine. He is Joel Myers, a St. Louis guy. Joel, thanks for joining me today. How are you? Doing well. I'm still living large because I finally got to come home for the Blues. Got to see the Stanley Cup Finals and the Western Conference Finals. So, Waiting since 1967, we were all rewarded. And what was that like for you? Because, as you mentioned, you were a guy that grew up on the Blues. Uh, what was it like for you? I know I cried when they won the Cup because I never thought I was going to see it. It's very emotional. I don't disagree with you. Uh, and we shared season tickets the first year in 1967, eventually took them over and with a neighbor. And I've, I've always been a Blues guy, but I love hockey, period. And I, I have the centerized pass so I can watch every game, um, all the teams. And just like the NBA League Pass, we're spoiled by the technology today. In fact, I've told my boys, if we had League Pass and centerized, when I was like coming out of Mizzou and starting my career, I don't know if you guys would be around. <laughs> yeah, because, you know, you'd never leave the house. There, there's no doubt about you're, that. You're, you're in a cave. You absolutely you don't need to go out. That's why I can't wait for the NBA to come back to you know, we're condensing eight games into two weeks, eight games for each team, uh, 22 teams. And we're going to be going all day and all night. It's going to be interesting for sure. So let's talk about a couple of things. Uh, the pandemic strikes, the the NBA shuts down. What kept you busy? And, and you're a guy that always finds something to do. So what kept you busy during the shutdown? Well, fortunately, I'm on Sirius XM NBA radio as well. Now, we pulled back our schedule, but we're playing games that uh, the classic games at night, and I'll do, you know, remembrances of a few minutes, and and we've done double headers, so it's been fun to listen to those. You know, great radio calls. So that that's been, you know, fortunate for me because I like to stay busy, like everybody else, and going stir crazy without as much as we normally do. But I also have been doing things for the uh, dot com and pelicans dot com. Uh, do things for. Uh, the Benson dealerships because they own a bunch of car dealerships here as well and all their voiceovers. But uh, with the things I've done on the dot com, it's been a treat for me because I started with Tim Legler, my partner on Sirius XM NBA radio, and they transcribe it for me. So we do a long conversation and uh, did it also with PJ Carlos and my old partner with the Spurs. And my favorite player of all time was kind enough. And we did one uh, and it was two parts because there was so much in it, and that is the legendary Bob Pett. So I, and I spend time with Bob anyway living here in New Orleans, so it was great to, to get together and have everybody pick up on his thoughts and going back to the 57 and 58 season. You know, for you, uh, going to New Orleans after leaving L.A., what was that like? Because, you know, New Orleans, obviously, they've been in the sports business. We've known them for football. Then all of a sudden they get the NBA What's that experience been like? Because that's a fun town if you know what to do and how to do it. Well, and it's also uh, a genuinely kind group of people. That's uh, a host city, and they know that. So when you come in, it, I always say, do you embrace the city? Because they, they'll love you back a thousand times if you embrace the city of New Orleans, and they have. So they've made me and my family feel very well. All and right. I live right I live right down the street. I live in the warehouse district, so I can walk to the game 10 minutes into the heart of the French Quarter, and I'm spoiled because of all the great chefs. And it's like good competition in basketball or football or baseball. Uh, the chefs, very healthy. They compete. 
<laughs> and we're all the winners because we are eating very, very well. Can't wait for them to open up again, uh, but real quiet and with good reason. Well, right now. That, that, that brings me to my next question. I know you like a good meal and a good bottle of wine. So how close to you are you in your game playing weight uh, during the season? Because there are some people we will not recognize when this pandemic is over for one reason or the other. Weight will have a lot to do with it. So how close to you to you for your playing weight for the season? Well, fortunately for me, Mike, I've always been a runner. And being around a, an athletic staff like the NBA for the last 25 years, uh, I, it is fortunate because guys like our trainers and some of our guys that are uh, the physical therapists, I'll be in, the guys are all in. We stay at places where we can use gyms and uh, we go to facilities where we can use gyms. And so I have no excuse. So, in fact, before we got on, I ran my miles this morning. And uh, I'm around a great training staff, a great athletic staff. And, and when I go into those, whether it's a hotel or another facility, uh, I'm surrounded by the team. The guys are all working out. And even on the morning of a game, they'll go in and get a lift in or whatever it might be. So uh, it's not peer pressure because I'm, I'm way past even their father's age for most of these <laughs> kids. But it, it's healthy. It's a very good situation because – I used to, when Carol and I got married, I'd run down Wyandotte Boulevard. We were living in the Moreland. I'd run down to Skinker and back. So it was about, what, two miles each way. So I've always run. Uh, fortunately, I've always maintained because I like to eat too much. Yeah, I hear you. I'm, I'm the same way. I have to find something to do to stay in shape these days. And so I always find some sort of activity. Hey, let's talk a little bit about the NBA and how they're handling things. Uh, this, this is obviously no man's land for every sport. And uh, there have been some teams or some leagues that have tried to be proactive, and the NBA seems like they've been a leader in a lot of different areas. Give me your thoughts on what they're trying to do now and, and trying to move forward and salvage this season and certainly give us a precursor to what the future may look like. Well, I think they've done a really good job. Right now there's a spike, but we're still you know, four weeks away from games and about 10 days away from teams actually getting to Orlando and to what they're calling the bubble, although it's not going to be a completely protective bubble, but it's going to be hardened off to the point where nobody is going to get close. There's going to be a lot of, there's federal security, there's state, federal, I can go down the list because Adam Silver has done an exceptional job with his staff. So what they're going to do is three different hotels, all close to each other. Then you've got, and I have not been, I've been doing, I've done voiceovers at Disney and, and their protection facilities down in Orlando. But I've not been to the wide world of sports, and I'm, I'm told it's pretty impressive what they have with the main court, a couple of other gyms where they're going to actually going to have games as well because they're going to have three games, at least three games a day in each gym. So what they've done is become very creative. And they're, it's not a guarantee, but I would be willing to wager that you're going to be safer there in that protective bubble with testing every day. There, there's so so many precautionary measures they're taking. I've already talked. I ran into Josh Hart yesterday at the store. I talked to a bunch of guys. Can't wait to get there. Uh, they're not intimidated by it. In fact, they want to be with their teammates and they want to get back to work. And because there was a lot of things that were happening that were very good for this franchise in particular, a very young team in New Orleans. But I, I like the creativity. I've always said, whether it was David Stern and now Adam Silver, uh, NBA leadership is progressive. They have been very, very sharp for a long time. It's a player's league. They recognize that early in the game. 
and it's exploded because it is, let's face it, the NBA is the only basketball sport that we have exported and, and more than any other sport in this country because basketball is global now. The gyms in Europe are absolutely packed as well. Joe Myers is the voice of the New Orleans Pelicans. He's our guest. And Joe, uh, for you being in New Orleans and Zion Williamson, uh, this was kind of a, a godsend for him uh, to obviously start the season late with an injury, but now be rested enough. They're just on the cusp of making the playoffs. This is going to be a very interesting run for him and certainly the team. Tell us a little bit about Zion Williamson and what you've been able to see so far. Uh, poised, real poised, composed young man. His background, his dad played Division One college football. His mom ran track Division One. And his stepdad, Lee, who's here in New Orleans with Toronto's mom, and, and they, are, they have a house here, and it's great because you, when you're 19 years old, you're not ready for everything that's been thrown at Zion. But I can't believe how composed he is. And it's almost like a basketball player who gets the ball and gathers before he makes his move, and he doesn't rush anything. He doesn't rush anything in conversation either. He takes his time, and he's a great young man. His dad, his stepdad Lee played at Clemson at a very high level, had a try with the 76ers. He's prepared for them. And they've done a great job getting straight for this as well. But I just like the way he is all team. Because I'm in the gym all the time at the facility. And you know, they, they formed a bond early. you got to remember, Mike, this is a really young team. Brandon Ingram's the old guy, and he's 22. you got Lonzo Ball playing the best basketball of his NBA life. Why? It was such a shame when everything was shut down because there was great chemistry being developed. And then you come over with Ingram and Josh Hart, and we can go down the list, and then they had a great draft. Frank Jackson in his third year now at a Duke is finally healthy. And you look at the drafts they had with, with Jackson Hayes, eighth overall, uh, 17th overall, the Keel Alexander Walker, who should be a really solid player for a long time in the league, a big guard at about 6'5", six, 6'6". Six, six. All these guys are 19, 20 years old. And then the young man we stashed over in Australia, the 20-year-old Brazilian, uh, Didi Lozada, who's a great shooter and was the best player on the floor for the Sydney Kings at the end when they went to the playoffs. Because our, our GM came back, our executive vice president, David Griffin, and told me he, it was impressive. He's got still to grow at the defensive end of the floor, but he's got a beautiful stroke, and he's lightning. He's big guard at about 6'6", six, 6'7", six, six, and swing. So there's a lot to be excited about because of Zion. And it doesn't mean individual things. And those numbers don't mean a thing to him. He's all about team. And I've seen that firsthand. He's all about W's and his teammates. You know, and I think he's got the right coach also, and Alvin Gentry, who's who's a basketball lifer, seen a lot, done a lot, and worked with a lot of young players in his career because he's always been that coach that took over a situation that was full of either young guys or guys that weren't going to be in the league very long. Uh, and it seems like he's learned how to mesh with people along the way. And as I said, I think he's the right guy for a guy like Zion Williams, who's going to teach him the game and how to play it on both ends of the floor as well. Yeah, Alvin's a really good person. And you're right, he's a basketball lifer. And and the guys like him. They trust him. But even beyond Alvin, you know, Griff did a good job. He brought J.J. Redick in on a two-year mm, deal, another yeah. two-year, 35 years of age. And then you got Drew Holiday. Derek Favors has been incredible for this team. Quiet guy, but a great leader and just gets his work done on the floor. So they have these, this kind of trio. And then Nico Melli came. Uh, his mom's <laughs> played volleyball. She's from Nebraska. 
married an Italian journalist. He grew up over there. He's 28 years old. He's a stretch four or five. And he's, he's really fit in well. So, and then there's Darius Miller, who was sixth man of the year out of Kentucky in the SEC a few years back. So they have a nice blend and they have that kind of leadership. Drew Holiday is a quiet leader. He, you know, his wife, Lauren Cheney, Lauren Holiday played and won two gold world cup, uh, Olympic gold and the world cup for us women's soccer. So there's a lot of stability with the guys that they have that aren't 23 or on. Is that kind of the, the bracket we have? We have all these guys that are 23 or under 23 to 19. And then we have Drew, Derek, and also J.J. Reddick up there with Nico Melli and Darius Miller. So it's a good blend. It's a, as well, When I say chemistry, on the floor, but off the floor, because Alvin has been kind enough. So we participate in everything, whether it's a team meal, pregame meal. Uh, we're, in, we're invited in, the broadcasters, they, because the spread is such, and we're advantageous, put it that way, at, a, at an advantageous time, in the NBA. I remember when it wasn't quite like it, mm-hmm. but TV revenues and everything else, the NBA is, is taken off. It's skyrocketed, and we are the lucky. Let's talk about the schedule. Um, they shook it up a little bit. There's some teams that weren't invited to participate in the bubble. How does that shake out for New Orleans? As I mentioned, a team that's on the cusp of trying to get in the playoffs. Uh, how does it shake out as far as how you see it now? Well, the first two are going to be really difficult. And uh, the Pelicans going into the last 18 games of the season had the easiest schedule in the NBA by strength of schedule. Memphis, who they're chasing three games back in the loss column, Memphis had the most difficult schedule. So it, it's not the most advantageous position for the Pelicans to be in because they start with Utah and then they have the Clippers. If they can get one of those first two, then they've got a shot. They need to finish within four games on the loss column of the Memphis Grizzlies as the somebody in the nine seed of their four, then there's playing. So that's what they're shooting for. I don't know if it's realistic to think you're going to make up three games in the loss column in just eight games. They have the Grizzlies. They're supposed to face the Grizzlies twice, but they only get them once. See, the problem is with the Clippers, Clippers are only two up in the loss column. Right now, currently, at the two seed in the Western Conference. Mm-hmm. They're only two up in the loss column on Denver. And they want to maintain that so they don't face the Lakers until the conference final. The way the bracketing is nobody's got home court advantage anymore because everybody's on the same playing surface in Orlando. So it's all about seeding now. And that's why the second game against the Clippers, they've got to get the first against Utah without Bogdanovich, who had uh, shoulder surgery. Uh, But that's really going to be critical to get one of the, they have to get one of the first two. Otherwise it's going to be bleak. Munganass St. Louis Acura would like to extend a huge thank you to our healthcare workers and first responders by offering them several service specials, including a free interior detail cleaning. You can call them today to make your appointment and let them help you while you are helping our community. Find them online at stlouisacura.com or give them a call 314-822-2872 for Munganass St. Louis Acura. We love talking to the president and chairman of Ameren, Illinois. He is Richard Mark. Emergency Operations Center acts as kind of a central command center, and everything is dictated from there. They tell the crews that are out in the field where to go, where the main breakers are to go to to de-energize the line, and then they verify that that line is closed, and they're able to tell five, six, seven hundred people that are working out in the field exactly where to go to make the proper repair 
hours to get our system back on in a storm situation. Hey, Joel, before we get out of here, I want to ask you about a guy you know fairly well, and that's Drew Brees, who uh, a couple of weeks ago, you know, came out and made a couple of statements that he apologized for. And it, it was unfortunate for him because everybody who knows him knows he's a good guy. Uh, give me right. your thoughts on that situation and the fact that it took Drew Brees to let everybody know that the flag issue that Colin Kaepernick was a, was uh, elected not to stand up for, not to, to, he took a knee for the national anthem. People tried to turn it into something else, but it took Drew Brees to educate people that it was never about the flag. And I think that really garnered a lot of respect for him, for not only his teammates, but certainly the league and a lot of other people in this country. Yeah, no, you know, I, I, I'm glad he, he also, you saw his tweet to the president of the United mm-hmm. States. And it, was, it had nothing to do with disrespecting the flag. Drew has given so much to this community and across the board. His teammates, after all of this, and it's probably it's probably healthy situation because they now, with everybody on the Zoom meetings, you can see everybody anytime you want, uh, the team got together. And they had a, a major conference as a group. They had group poured his heart out to his teammates. So if anything, it, you know, communications, it's wonderful when you let it out in the open. And if anything, maybe Drew just wasn't up to speed on everything. Drew, sometimes, you know, he is, I've been told by all our writers here, he, this 30 minutes for this, he's a real fanatic for his fit and maintaining. And he manages his time. He's extreme. So a lot of times, people like that aren't up to speed on everything else. It's about, you know, they're just, they've got blinders on. They're so focused. So uh, I'm glad it, it worked out the way it did. Because if anything, Mike, I think it could have brought this team a lot closer together. And now there's no boundaries. Everybody knows where everybody is. And they've had a heart-to-heart and face-to-face, which is, thank God, for technology now. All right, you got NBA, you'll walk into the NFL. When do we see your smiling face back in St. Louis? Oh, please, Blues. I know we're not going to see him this year. <laughs> uh, I am a Blues fanatic. I am a diehard. I have hats, I have sweatshirts. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I stay in my hotel room on the road so I can watch him on my big laptop and because uh, I take center ice with me everywhere. So uh, it, it'll be obviously way down the road uh, now I'm just crossing my fingers and praying like everybody else that research and science are ahead of the game and that we get a vaccine and we get something we get ahead of this because uh, otherwise it's going to be a while before anybody sees anybody again we're not going to tra- travel is not going to be expensive for sports teams we're going to I do the same TV and they're supposed to open on August 14th you know, preseason and I do their four shows. Well, I don't think anybody's going to be traveling, at least broadcasters. And do the games get pushed back? That's yet to be determined. And do we have four? Or do they cut the preseason down to two? But I need, first of all, I did have six Emo's pieces shift on dry ice. <laughs> and I'm, I'm down to one, so I'm going to get six more shifts. Uh, I need Canettos. I go down the list. I need Opie Clark. Bad. So I got, you'll see me as soon as things kind of get back to normal, put it that way. And it's only a nine-hour drive from New Orleans, so I'm looking forward to it, Mike. All right. Well, Joel, as always, it's great to visit with you. Uh, you've always been a good friend, and uh, we will dine soon. Um, by the way, the Blues are going to win this thing again. I mean, they are tailor-made for this run. 
Um, you know, their style for a tournament like this is going to be very interesting. Uh, they've got the band back together. Everybody's healthy. So I- I'm looking for them to repeat. And that's something that we don't see a lot in the National Hockey League, but the Blues are tailor-made for it. Well, I will be standing in my condo here in New Orleans, and I will be singing when the Blues go marching in, as I did way back when, in 1967, when it took the ice. And Ernie Hayes is on the organ, and they're living large. So it's a great day. Joel Myers, as always, my friend, thanks for your time today, and I'm looking forward to seeing you in the very near future, and go Pelicans until they play the Lakers. Thank you, Mike, and thanks for having me. All right, he's Joel Myers. I'm Mike Claiborne. This is a podcast on ClavesOnline.com.